everybody and welcome to the next in a series of IPO podcasts. My name is Kirsty Edwards and I am the Senior Communications Manager at the Intellectual Property Office. We are the governing body responsible for intellectual property rights, formerly known as the Patent Office, now rebranded as the Intellectual Property Office. And that's because we don't just cover patents, we cover trademarks, designs and copyright as well. Today, I am at the British Library, so we usually record podcasts back in our Newport office, but we are on tour, so you are listening to one of our first editions on tour. Now, my colleague tells me that back in the day when he used to work at the Patent Office based in London, uh, the library and the Patent Office shared the same building in Southampton buildings, just off Chancery Lane. Uh, We then moved to South Wales in the Newport area and the library then relocated to where we are today. The new office is here, just between uh, King's Cross and Euston stations. So I am joined by two guests. We have the Relationship Manager for our Innovating for Growth programme, Jeremy O'Hare, and then Dave Jimson, the National Network Manager here at the library. So... Dave and Jeremy, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure, yeah. Well, uh, I work with um, a program here called Innovating for Growth, and uh, we work um, with a set number of businesses every three months, and we we put them through an intensive um, consulting program uh, with a view to getting them um, ready to scale up to the next level in their business. Um, So these businesses would have been trading for at least a year, uh, turning over around about £100,000 or more. Uh, and we really want to support them to, um, to obviously to increase their turnover, profitability, to employ jobs uh, in the business as well, and with a view to them being sustainable um, for the next kind of three to five years as well. And so with that, there's lots of issues that, that come up in the business, and this is a great opportunity for them just to sit down, talk to some of our um, specialists, and really just kind of work through some of the issues that they're going through um, at this really important stage of the business. And uh, Dave? Hi, I'm Dave Jimson. I'm the uh, manager of the Business and IP Centre National Network. So I've been working with libraries up and down the country for the past five years to establish their own business and IP centres, similar to the the service that we deliver here. So it's access to things like business information resources, market research reports, company information, um, and also, of course, intellectual property support. I've delivered a copyright talk here. Uh, probably about two years ago, delivered many in uh, yeah 2014. Yeah, it's just in the room outside. Yeah, I mean, we the IPO are an important partner in the business and IP centre network and have been supporting yeah. each of those libraries, um, upskilling the staff there. Um, so the network currently stands at 10 libraries, uh, stretching from Newcastle in the northeast down to Exeter in the southwest, um, with lots of cities in between. And we're looking to carry on growing that network uh, up to 20 centres by the end of the decade. I've got a list here in front of me. So we've got London, Birmingham, Exeter, Hull, Leeds, Liverpool, Northamptonshire, Sheffield. So there's many locations, like you said, currently 10 across across the network. So do you have to, in your role as relationship manager, do you find yourself up and down the the country at these libraries? Yep, a lot of time on the rails. Last night, in fact, we had the Hull Business and IP Centre launch um, happening up there in Hull Central Library, um, which was a great event. We had uh, uh, lots of local stakeholders come along, the Growth Hub, the LEP, Chamber of Commerce, universities, etc. All those who were involved in 
supporting businesses in their area. Um, and it was a great opportunity for them to see how the business and IP centre can support um, the local business community, delivering something quite unique with the IP support that they offer. And we are at currently the, the business and IP, uh, the business and innovation centre in uh, London. And there's many across the network, as we've already mentioned, but do they all offer, I'm interested to know, do they all offer the same services? We, um, well, one thing we say, we share the same DNA, but have a slightly local twist. So, um, as I mentioned before, with the with the information that we provide and the, the IP support, so they'll all deliver uh, workshops on sort of introduction to IP, giving a basic overview of the different types yes. and how it can apply to businesses, um, particularly to startups and early stage businesses who may have not even considered IP and what it is and how it relates to, to their business. Um, so they'll all be delivering workshops um, on different topic areas and they work with local patent attorneys and trademark attorneys to deliver patent clinics and things like that. So there's a bit of one-to-one support there. And then, of course, there's the library staff who can um, provide that walk-in service where anyone can come in off the street, get some advice from them. They might sit down and and sort of look through some of the databases so they can do searches on um, patents and, and things like that. I think it's just important to know, you know, as a business and then for us to, to make sure businesses are aware that there is this free support available and advice available to businesses. We hold in South Wales our own intellectual property uh, clinics where we have an attorney come in and, you know, they're on a, maybe a regular monthly period. Um, but there is a constant supply of business advice on people's doorstep. There's this network available to people. And like you said, that the information that is there is of a tailored approach because you might hold the same DNA in the network, but each area and each trade and, uh, and each business is going to need advice that is tailored to them and the region uh, and the markets that, that they're in. I think so, yeah. the um, I mean, obviously, there are the different bigger sectors in different parts of the country you know yeah. some some countries have bigger manufacturing sectors etc yes. um so that yeah it's all it has that local twist there and um and also some of the resources that are available in those libraries can can differ so down in exeter they've got their uh, business and ip center in the library sitting alongside the fab lab so someone can come in they can do their research into their business idea and, and look at market research reports. What's the Fab Lab? Fab Lab, well, it's a, it's a rapid prototyping centre. Cool. So it has things like 3D printers, um, CNC routers, yeah. whatever they are. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, lots of prototyping equipment, even things like sewing machines and, and um, different things for doing um, designing software. Why would a business visit the Fab Lab? So they can come in, they can, if they want to prototype something, if they've got an idea, they can sit down with the Fab Lab advisors um, and use the equipment. And then, you know, they, instead of having to think about maybe doing a, approaching a manufacturer to do a, a prototype, they can do it there and then create what they want, have a look at it, go away, tweak it, come back, re, you know, do another prototype of it. Um and then uh, that will help them get on to the sort of next stage. And that's within Exeter, Exeter Library? It is, it is. And then, of course, they can access the IP advice there as well to uh, look at how to protect their product or their, their business idea. Yeah. Is that available to anyone? Is there any fees 
There is a membership for the Fab Lab, but it's uh, it's very reasonably priced. Um, and then the rest of the most of the services are for free, and the databases they offer are all free as well. Yeah, so some really great services out there across across the country and across the network. I think getting that kind of regional advice and tailored to the market and industries that you're in is really important, especially whether that's at the earlier stages of startup or whether you are a business that is already trading and you might not have considered your IP. And that is what we often you know, find, direct reach team find that when there are exhibitions and events that people haven't actually thought about it at that stage. And they think, oh, it's only until something goes wrong or until they maybe you know, grow in and they think, oh, I, I need to consider that because how would I actually feel if someone started trading using my brand or my logo or created a product that looked exactly the same? So that's what we try and do across is to make sure that, you know, and within the libraries that certainly you guys feel that in your services we can help and offer that advice so that you feel comfortable with that IP advice and you know offering that as a service within your network and that's how I guess I see that our role is to help you across the network of these libraries make sure you're confident in offering the IP advice and the services and knowing where to point people to there's you know, we are a government body and there are professional advice and sometimes you'll you know need more than one of those yeah I mean, you know it's about joining up all of the different support that's available and and um, making sure that the businesses are, are resilient and sustainable yeah. and IP plays a huge part in that yeah. Um, so yeah it's uh, it's great that the IPO are, are there yeah. sort of underpinning quite a lot of the support that's going on making sure the staff are confident and also just um, it's about raising awareness of IP really and, and how important it is to businesses. And that's a, you know part of the role that business and IP centres play in those libraries and in those local business support um, landscapes. There are many things that a business has to think about, whether they're at startup or whether they're slightly further along the journey. And you know, com- commercialisation of your product, you've got marketing, you've got manufacturing. Uh, and sometimes IP can be kind of put on the back burner or left out but essentially IP is is crucial to all of those things to make sure that your business grow uh business grows and and, and take the best and reap the benefits from what uh, having that understanding of IP can offer um so yeah many thanks Dave that, that, that was really uh, really great uh Jeremy so uh I'd like to find out a little bit more about the uh innovating for growth program because that sounds like a, a good program to be a part of certainly if you're a business certainly is and um, our business owners really value this time just to actually take a little bit of time out from their day-to-day busyness sometimes craziness you know and running a business of all hours and, and just to really get this outside um, objective opinion on and advice on on how they're doing uh, and so, you know, we, we have the saying, it's not our saying, it's quite common, it, you know, it's important to spend uh, time on the business uh, as much as in the business. And this is really um, their chance to get this um, feedback on all parts of running the business, be it strategy, marketing, branding, um, their business model. And of course, um, as important as all of this is intellectual property. And uh, they, they're an advantage. They can get two uh, hours of time, uh, part one and a part two, with, with one of our partnered IP attorneys here. And uh, it's really very, very interesting because it's quite often the first time 
they've had an opportunity to get this expert advice. Uh, and the way it sort of works with us is that they, they go in for the first meeting and they get an IP audit done. And, uh, you know, they may have been trading for a year, two years. It's not uncommon for them to have some um, basic IP coverage already. And it's usually in the form of a trademark or, or something like that. It's usually the easier form yeah, of IP. Branding, the branding, the most easier Yeah, your brand and your logo go to. It's what people initially first think of when they, they start a business, isn't it? Is what am I going to call my business or what am I going to... What's my logo going to look like? Yeah, and it's the most obvious thing, and and it's re- you know, fairly reasonably priced to do, and it's it's a quick um, it's a quick protection they've got, and it and it's as important as all the other forms of IP. But but quite often when um, we have these audits and the attorney goes through some more questions, we start digging around a bit more. Well, actually, there's some more stuff there that's actually very very uh, important to to consider. So, um, you know, for example, we do look at uh, how data is uh, managed uh, and protected as well. Um, there are laws around that. But interestingly, from an IP point of view, actually the value in the business now is having um, names and contacts. So with marketing lists, for example, um, this is as valuable now in IP in a lot of businesses as, as other things um, because that's the, the opportunity to reach new customers, clients and so forth. So um, the data around the, the business, the protection of that um, is IP related. They're not specifically IP, but it's these sorts of things that, that need to be looked at um, in, in greater detail. And it's, it's quite often a real surprise for our business owners to find that there are lots of other things that they, can, they need to consider um, as part of that. Um, and uh, it was just, just fascinating that you know, we had a, a business relatively recently um, that really runs their uh, their business online, and you know they had the trademark and the website and everything else, and 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 the data they were looking at protecting with their um, mailing lists. Um, but they they thought that there wouldn't have been much value in the IP, but but there were some things that they need to to go back and revisit, um, just some some legalities to, to iron out, and it really dawned on them for the first time. My gosh, I need to get this sorted because at some point in the future. I might, want, I might want to sell this business. And if the IP is not sorted out early on before it's yeah. too late, then it can cause a real headache further on down the line. So I think that was just really interesting to, to really to get all of this stuff sorted early on um, and uh, to make sure that's ready to go when you, when you, if and when you decide to sell because you, by then quite you're often missing it's the too value. Late. So by not having value. that understanding, you're not understanding that the actual value lies within your intellectual property assets, Absolutely. which a lot of businesses are built on. If you think of apps, you know, the the brand for the for the name of the app or, or the company, and, and then the copyright that protects the, the app. It is purely IP based there, and people don't necessarily realise. And and one thing I think we've come to realise is look, you know, people talk a lot about marketing and how much they spend on that very valid thing to look at, have a budget for that. Please also um, do have a budget for your IP. Uh, it's, it's so fundamental. And, you, you know, some IP um, uh, issues may be more of a priority than others. That's great. Look at the ones that are the most important. Prioritize some resource around getting that covered. Then you can revisit some of the perhaps lesser risks, if you like, in the business. Still important, but but you know, obviously, as a as a smaller business, you have limited resources. But do think about where you place your budget and and do allocate some money aside for your IP. 
um, because you know you don't want to leave it too late because further down the line you'll be sadly quite often spending more money be yeah. it legal fees or whatever yeah. else to just to cover what should have been covered at an early stage definitely and, I, and having previously worked in an outreach role I've done many exhibitions and talks to businesses and I, I have actually come across those stories of businesses that have had to you know scrap their five thousand pounds on their branding that they've you know uh, spent a fortune on and now can't can't use so is there a criteria for accessing the innovating for growth program or can any business apply um, yes, we, we've got a criteria for our funding and it's, businesses need to be um, London-based uh, trading here. Uh, and we have a minimum turnover of £100,000 um, and they need to be trading for a year or more yeah. and ideally have someone else in the business um, working for them, be it a freelancer or a part-timer. And of course, the business owner needs to be working full-time in the business. Um, so there's a proof of concept yeah. that the model is sort of basically working um, but they they do need to revisit some of these fundamental things like IP. Yeah, so this is a programme that is specifically for this London Business and Innovation Centre. Yes, yes, So we're exactly. thinking of London businesses here, they can, you know, if, if they meet that criteria, then they can apply to be on the programme and have access to all that great you know, guidance and services. That's right, yes, yes. Is there any, what, what, what could a business actually expect to achieve from being part of the the program you know is there any expectancy to come out of it creating maybe more jobs within their business or a bit of growth or development of new products like if I was to apply and I was a business owner what could I expect from the program yeah well it's really interesting I I think um, what always happens at the end of the three months is that they they have um, a very clear idea of what they need to do next so they've talked through some of the issues and there's usually a block of some sort and it might be their time how they're using that uh, it might be a resource constraint uh, of, of one sort or another and it's quite often the case that you know they come away thinking gosh we, we need to spend a little bit of resource on getting someone in not necessarily on a full-time basis but just just to alleviate some of the time pressure uh, just so they can start to win more business and refocus on their marketing um, uh, develop the sales pipeline more effectively, offload some of the, the day-to-day admin stuff, even get someone, you know, a few hours a week just to manage the social media side of things. Um, so it, it's just about really rethinking how they're structuring the business um, so that the owner is is less um, the artisan, the, the superhero that tries to do everything. And just so they take this opportunity to take a step back, bring more people in, um, get the business on a sure footing and then move yes. forward from there. Yeah. So I think kind of an answer to your question, really, that what always happens is that they um, they start to become the the manager rather than the artisan, uh, the strategic thinker rather yes. than the firefighter. Yeah. Uh, and there is this sort of fascinating transition that happens. And I think it's common for, for businesses of this size that they go through this this development period. Uh, and uh, and they're on a on a far more um, confident, stable footing going forward for the next year. Uh, and yeah, we're we're thrilled to follow up with our businesses. We don't say goodbye after three months. They're part of our extended network now of over three hundred and twenty businesses we've supported on this program to date. Uh, and we 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 follow up with them. Um, we have regular networking events here. Um, and after a year, they have the opportunity to have a, a strategic follow up with our advisors as well. 
Uh, and you know, we, we hear wonderful stories of um, businesses that have that have overcome some of the you know the everyday challenges and and, and made good decisions as a result. Is there a program currently running for businesses? It's running currently. Uh, so. Um, if you're a London-based business, you, you can apply, uh, and it's every three months. It's a rolling application. Yeah. So um, the, the next applications will be opening around about the second week of um, July. We'll be opening that up again, so um, new applicants are very, very welcome um, to, to apply if, if you meet that criteria. Um, and if you are a startup as well, <clears throat> I should say we do have plenty of um, services here in the centre for, for those that are starting out. Yes. In fact, we have an innovating for growth startup side uh, as well. So you know, if you're trading for under a year and maybe you're just starting to get your, you know, your your business going and underway, it might be that you're working part time uh, in another job, but you're doing part time and trying to develop the business. This um, startup program could be ideal for you as well, because we we look at the support and the advice that you need at this stage as well. I think a question to picture both of you is that if if there are businesses now listening, whether they're in London or whether they're around the country, what 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 would you recommend them to do? So they're they listening. They've just heard about this network or uh, support that is available to them, and obviously the intellectual property office. And you offer that advice. What would you recommend? Um, well, depending on what stage they are in the business. Um, just to say, walk in here? I would say yeah. walk in, go yeah. in, go and speak to someone in your library. I mean, they're, they're open places, the opening hours are pretty good across the board. They offer impartial advice, you know, it's non-judgmental. It's um, perhaps something a little bit different than what they were expecting a library could offer. So I would say go in, yeah. go and speak to someone, find out what's available to them. Um, and then sign up to a few workshops, come along to a few events and a few one-to-ones and... Uh, it can really help them uh, get to the next stage. Absolutely, and, and leading on from that, uh, my advice would be um, get connected and stay connected. So you, you, you come in and you'll, you'll go to a workshop and you'll meet all sorts of other wonderful business owners that are most likely at the same stage as you. And, you know, and I've been at a few of these workshops and it's just wonderful to see you know, the business cards flying in all directions as people, you know, swap details and quite often there's a bit of a skill swap, swap happening. Um, people who might have a strength, say, in um, web marketing might advise other people that have, have other um, strengths and, you know, people um, swap details and, and get the support. And, uh, you know, there's, there's lots of ways of doing the same thing and lots of... Um, different uh, perspectives on things and and this is where you know exchanging details and networking with other business owners um can really help and and it makes things a little bit less lonely as well yeah definitely yeah the 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 peer-to-peer support side of things i think is really important and a lot of the people who come in often talk about the sort of loneliness of starting up a business if they're doing it from home so they can come in and they can be sitting alongside other people who are in the same position or perhaps they're a little bit further along and they can offer their advice. And I think um, something that's really hap- really interesting that's happening with Innovating for Growth that's coming up shortly is an, a new mentoring programme. So the people who have been through the programme and they're a bit further down the line are now volunteering to be mentors um, to you know provide support for the new ones that are coming through in, in the startup phase of the programme. So Just so much support available, isn't there? And we're, we're just thrilled that, you know, we can keep in contact with, with our old friends from three, four years ago that have been through the program and, and uh, you know, they really want to give back and 
um, they they understand, of course, very much what it's like to be at that early stage. So we're we're just facilitating this this opportunity for um, the business owners to become mentors, probably and just a little bit a little bit of training around that. And our, our mentees are are obviously dead keen on this, and we've we ran a, a an introduction the other week and. Um, we could barely fit everybody in the room <laughs> because it's a great opportunity to meet and to get support from someone like them who is three, four, five years ahead. And some have um, even sold their first business and now moving on to their second. So, so much um, wisdom and knowledge that they can they can pass back uh, to, to the startup. So we're just kind of just allowing that here. And it's, it's really yeah. wonderful what we're seeing. Uh, I have seen advertised the Scale Up Summit on July the 11th where there are entrepreneurs talking um, and you can book on, you run many events here at the library, don't you? And you can, can anyone man- talk about the, the summit event? Well, yeah, we've, we've got some um, fantastic speakers and, uh, well, I might be a little bit biased here, but a couple of them are from our uh, Innovating for Growth um, Scale Up program uh, as well. <laughs> Uh, some who uh, uh, one um, business called Flight Club has um, done done very very well, and um, we'll be hearing from them around how they uh, managed to obtain funding and how they managed to uh, expand and get a second site. I um, mean, all around, you know, what really is the magic within that business that that's making them succeed in the way that they are. In fact, they were um, uh, rated as uh, second on the the, the business. For the future ones to watch from startups.co.uk um, and you know they're doing really well so we're just thrilled to have the, the founder Steve speak um, at, the, at the summit along with lots of other um, uh, owners and, and uh, businesses from different different sectors as well. Brilliant well thank you very much and, and everybody listening you know as you can as you can hear no matter where in the UK there is help and advice available to get your business up and running and protecting all the IP that you might not realize that you currently have within your business and you might not realize that some of these rights are a lot cheaper uh, to apply for than you think for example a trademark lasting 10 years starts off at 170 pounds on online and um, you know will offer many benefits by protecting your brand uh, so yeah, please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues and, and any businesses you think that should uh, hear this advice and sign up to updates uh, on, on the IPO website, gov.uk forward slash IPO and the British Library. Uh, if you're in London, it's an absolutely brilliant centre. Come and walk in, uh, visit their website, uh, bl.uk. Um, and the Intellectual Property Office ourselves have an information advice line specific to intellectual property uh, rights, and that's 0300 300 2000. Uh, and that is it from me, unless you guys want to say any more. One more closing thing. So we've got our Scale-Up Summit coming up in July, and then later in the year in September, we've got a um, Startup Day happening across all of the business and IP centres on the 21st of September. So... That could be a great opportunity for people to come along and find out what's okay. on offer. And visit the website, bl.uk Business Innovation Centre, and they can find out how to... Details will be coming up soon. Yep, yep, go to our website and uh, and keep keep looking. Brilliant. Well, great. Well, thank you very much. Thank da- thanks, Dave. Thanks, Jeremy. Pleasure. And uh, thank you, everybody, everybody, for tuning in to today's podcast. <laughs>